Thanks, Mike, for finally letting me tour the Cage Club Podcast Network studios. No problem, Brian. But hey, could you not tell Joey? He hates it when you mess around with his stuff. Is that every Nick Cage movie ever? Yup. From Fast Times to Massive Talent, this network is pretty much the house that Nicky Coppola built. Hey, what about over there? Where do those stairs go? Okay. You ready? Yep. Shall we do it? <clears throat> I'm going to do it in my William S. Burroughs junkie stanza type voice. Hey, this is Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, the Cut by Cut Francis Ford Coppola podcast, and this is the Cage Cub Podcast Network production, man. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Buonasera, have a seat, have a glass, and welcome to Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, a very Coppola Christmas, our Christmas special. I'm Brian Rodriguez, but... William S. Burroughs is here, but where's Michael? We can't start the podcast without Michael. Well, it's a dang good thing that I'm here then, Brian. What's up? There he is. There he is. (laughs) And of course, we have Kyle S. Reinfried, the foodie films man himself. He is back for another Christmas episode. Spoiler alert, we're filming these back-to-back, but releasing this one on Christmas. So if I'm a little tipsy because I've been drinking the wine... I apologize, but Kyle, you are a food and drink man, and you are here for Christmas. How you be, my man? I'm doing great, Bubby. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man, I think we got another Robert Evans over there. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? <laughs> so, of course, uh, Mike, you host Third Times a Charm. You host so many podcasts on this network. Uh, we can plug them at the yep. end, but okay. Kyle, you and I have been podcasting for a while now with our own shows and guesting on each other's shows. We, of course, started out on this network with P.S. I Love Hoffman, which is a Philip Zimmer Hoffman podcast, the late, great Philip Zimmer Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had access to it because The Athletic is a pay-per-play site, but The Athletic this month had a great article about the origins and a breakdown of that Along Came Polly scene where he's like, let it rain! Ooh, yeah. Oh. I have a subscription, so if you need the password, if you want to cheat, check it out because it's awesome. Because like apparently, like Hoffman wanted to get that shot right, and that scene is born from him like not making it, despite like his passion for trying to score the basket. <laughs> oh, that's so good! Yeah. So yeah, uh, maybe we'll do a special episode for that. We don't get licorice pizza this year. I don't think has a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son been in anything this year. No, I don't think so. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard anything or read anything. So no reason to do anything, Hoffman. The new P.T. Anderson movie was announced, but nothing with him attached. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you guys might you guys might have to change the, the podcast. Might have to evolve uh, into just the P.T. Anderson podcast. And maybe, just, or maybe, maybe we'll have some other things in the work, who, works. Who knows? But, of you know, course. You guys would know. <laughs> but, of course, we are here not for P.T. Anderson. We are not here for Phil Zimmer Hoffman, though we're always here for him. Nope. We're here for Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. I am continuing to drink my Christmas wine, which is a Merlot Francis Ford Coppola Diamond Collection 2018. So, salaunch, everyone. Swear to God, there's another Merlot. (laughs) Oh, sideways. Great film. And remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
While you're there, leave us a positive review or a five-star rating. And also, check us out on social media. Hit us up. Did you buy any of the gifts that we suggested for you on our previous episode? The uh, Coppola, Coppola Christmas list thing, if you will, that we released, you know, a couple days right. ago. I know this much, Brian. I haven't received anything yet from the listeners. Not that I'm expecting anything, but, you know. <laughs> so are you saying Santa is not a listener? Because I think he is. I hope he is. Well, we're recording this before Christmas <laughs> Day, so I'll let you know next recording. Oh, maintain the illusion, but you're right. No, <laughs> hopefully next recording we'll have some gifts. Maintain from... the illusion. This is the one show I don't maintain any illusions <laughs> on. This is all like kayfabe out in the open on this show. I agree. I agree, and that's why I love it. So, okay. Hopefully you listened though to that episode. We had a blast, the three of us talking some Coppola gifts, just having fun and, and hanging out. Today is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Um, it's a very Coppola Christmas, and we're going to celebrate life, Lahayam, but we're also going to uh, go into a kind of obscure Coppola-related project here today. Yeah. Oh, you know what I forgot to say last time? A signature line? Keep your friends close, but your fellow podcasters closer. And I forgot to say it today, yeah. too. Yeah, and I still I still think that should be the closing. I love that. I'll think on it. I like Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli, but it's something we'll debate on. Well, one of you could say one line, and one of you could say the other line. That's nice. We like each other's catchphrases. I think that's cute. That's true. It should, <laughs> should be on a t-shirt, I think. Uh, separate t-shirts. We need a store. Yeah, let's just do that. Yeah, sure. Dude, What? yeah, what are we waiting for? Come on. What's the other line again? Sorry. Those shirts the going. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. It's from The Godfather. It's just, it's just the way. No, no, no. I know that. I thought, I thought, oh. I thought you were exchanging one word in that, like, like, t- like, take the microphone, leave the cannoli. No, I, I no. Can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Leave the podcast, take the cannoli. Oh, leave the podcast, take the cannoli. I like that. We don't have to be gun friendly on this podcast. Yeah, I don't want to be. No, exactly. Yeah, that's what because you're doing the other thing of you know, keep your pot, whatever you said before. Hey, I love this part of the show where we talk about what the show's supposed to be. (laughs) Take a shot of Sambuca out there. Whenever we talk about talking about what the show's supposed to be, take a shot of Frangelico, Sambuca, whatever your Italian cordial of choice is. You're a lemoncello guy, Brian. To be fair, I love all Italian. You can tell I've been drinking. I love all Italian um, cordials. I really think I do. Amaretto. I love amaretto. Sambuca might be my least favorite, to be honest with you. It's my favorite. And I don't like licorice. I'm not a licorice guy. Interesting, interesting. I don't like the coffee beans in there. I don't know. But I love limoncello, and I love frangelico. Those are my two top ones in the Italian Mm -hmm. oeuvre. I love sherry, but that's Spanish, you know what I mean? But like in in the Italian after-dinner drinks, frangelico, I love that it looks like a priest's, and it tastes good. And I love, love me some limoncello. You're right about that. But amaretto, I could Stuff. do. <laughs> okay. But but we are not at the end of the podcast. That's where I would drink that. After after we close out, after you say, leave the gun or leave the podcast, take the cannoli, I go to my fridge, I pour a little I pour a little limoncello, I pour a little amaretto, and go to bed. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. I would get a worse hangover than I already do. Um, <laughs> so, we're not going to do a Mike's Merchandise of the Week because... That was last episode. The Godfather. Although, although? If, you, if you really, if you really want, I got a quick one for you. 
I think I got the picture on my phone so I could hold it up to you guys. Uh, but it's a real quick one. Sure. I was at the mall the other day, and I love the sock store. I love going in there, looking at all the cool sto- socks and things like that. And I also noticed they have slippers, big, comfortable slippers and stuff. And look at these puppies. Look at these. They're the godfather Ooh. slippers. The godfather of slippers. They're backless slippers? Yeah, they're slip-ons, and they're, like, super fuzzy and cozy, and they're branded with the Godfather logo on them. So, you know, the the segment continues. There you go. So, Mike, send me that picture. I'll post it on social media. Question for both you guys. Are you slippers, guys? Yeah, look at it. Got Got them on right now. Oh, so you are a slippers guy. I am not. I've got just socks on. I've got my slippers in the corner. I, 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 I don't know. I'm not a robe guy. I'm not a slippers guy. I've got I've got tile floors too. That's one thing that does shock me about you, Kyle. Like I see you as a robe guy. I really do. A kimono guy. <laughs> no. no. I would love more of a tradition, not in like uh, comfort or sleep attire like that, but I would love the Mr. Rogers changing of the garb when I enter mm-hmm. my house. Oh yeah. I'd rather much do I'd rather much do that. Change out of my what uh dress shoes into tennis shoes and put like mm-hmm. a cardigan on instead, right? Is that what And I'm mean? not yeah. I'm not I mean, saying this in an indictment way, Kaya, but like you don't traditionally have jobs like that where you would wear like no. dress shoes and a, a suit oh, and then change out of it. Like you're always in relaxed mode. Yeah. You could still come home and get yeah. changed, you know? Like, I like yeah, to come home. I could home still change into... That's a specific look. Fair, fair. But it wouldn't yeah. be out of, like, oh, let me take my blazer off and put on a cardigan. Yeah, it would be, yeah. It's more like, let's just... I just want to take my pants off for the rest of the day. And you like, you don't have to take your clothes off <laughs> to have a good time. <laughs> Is that, Kyle, on your Spotify ham and bed playlist? It is now. Like, you don't have to, but you're safe with me. Yeah. Kyle, why don't you um, plug your playlists right now? Your your Spotify playlists. All right. Uh, I've got some playlists. And uh, as, you know, it's been said, obviously, on this podcast before that I have a podcast that is going to be, like, rebooted in uh, some retrospect called Foodie Films. So coming from that, I am very much a... A food lover and i'm also been referred to as a ham by friends and family and so i i've i've taken on that uh you know that name and i've applied that to my playlist so wait wait, wait. before you before, before you say that is it also true that it's been told out there legend or reality i'm not sure but that you are also a lover of the ladies is that correct oh i love the female figure <laughs> God. Form? What did I say? What did I say that Joey doesn't like? Figure? What? I, I, female form? I think it was female form, right? I think like early on, Kyle said that on a podcast. <laughs> this is like many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. A- and Joey like messaged us and was like, why would you say that? <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I love, I love ladies. Love you're, you're a bit of the Jersey City Casanova, aren't you? Oh, I'm Mr. Peacock, and that's a, that means a lot being in Jersey City. <laughs> Very Peacocks. true. Go Peacocks. St. Peter's Peacocks had a great run last year. So, Kyle, tell everyone about your Spotify playlist then. All right. Well, so I've got quite a few playlists. 
One's called Ham Cooking, so I recommend listening to that while you're cooking. Listening to music while you cook will make any food taste better, I swear. I agree. Uh, Ham Lifting, that's my most recent one, because I'm a... I'm a, yeah, a lot of hip hop in that one. You're a hip hop lifter. You, what do you bench? What what hip hop and and movie soundtracks? That's like the two things nice. I lift to the most. Hearts yeah. on fire. Oh, better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Even like I lift, I lift to the uh, last Mohican song. It's awesome. What do you bench these days? Uh, high two hundreds. Not two hundreds. Jeez. Yeah. I've been I weigh 250. I bench the bar. I weigh more than the bar. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm not doing that. I'm doing more like free weights, but I'll do that every once in a while just to do like a few like reps. I'm stuff. a Peloton guy. You can follow me on Peloton. No I'm kidding. <laughs> uh. um, okay. And then I got uh, Ham Karaoke. So all the songs I like to sing. I karaoke at Ed and Mary's in Jersey City every Thursday. Sometimes I even host. So check that nice. out. Mike, 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 got... Mike, quickly. Mike, you want to come down for karaoke when Kyle hosts? Or is it past your Sure. Sure. Uh, depends on the day. What day? Is it a weekday? It's, always, every, it's Thursdays, yeah. Is it a weekday? Uh, it is a weekday. I mean, no, I'm it's good. I'll come down. Nice. And then uh, the next one is called Lonely Ham. So that's, you know, when I'm a little, little down. Just need some music to console me. Uh, which is ne- which never jazz. happens, right? Never happens. You've said. No, no, I don't go to therapy. And, and there's jazz ham, so that's oh, I didn't know this one existed. Yeah, this is a, this, that and lift. Actually, jazz is probably the most recent jazz ham because I was talking to somebody that uh, I was talking to a very attractive woman. We were talking Spotify and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I got a bunch of playlists, and then we we're talking jazz and. She said she was into jazz, and I believe her, but I was just like, do you know this person? She's like, no. I'm like, do you know this person? No. So I'm like, let me make you a playlist. So I made her a playlist. Can or, you yeah. stop talking to my mother, please, Kyle? <laughs> Clarabelle. <laughs> uh, and then I've got Ham Strip. So I'm just a know. bachelor. Oh, you know Genuine. Looking for a partner. Brian, at your wedding, I ripped my pants dancing to Genuine. (laughs) I can't tell you. I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. And that's before before your ceremony. Before your ceremony. (laughs) I ripped my pants. I can't tell you. Oh, my God. I, I should be able to remember. It's not an astronomical amount. I've ripped my pants dancing to Pony several times. Nicole, come over here for a second. Sorry, I want, I want to bring my wife Nicole in on this. Both Mike and I have fun Brian wedding stories. <laughs> We've told the Mike one on air already, so yeah, no, I know we have. We don't, we don't have to go into that one. Nicole, I, I don't know if I told you this at the wedding. I might have, but you might have forgot. Yes, but Kyle, we were playing genuine pony in like the groomsman room, and Kyle started dancing. To the song and and split his pants. Oh, no. I I might not have mentioned it. There was a, there was a lot going on, and I just remembered it literally from the wedding. How do you not remember that on your wedding day? Man? That's really selfish of you. Yeah, his tuxedo pants. Yeah. It, it, he didn't get fixed. It didn't get fixed, right? No, it was just in the crotch. Who's looking at my crotch? Yes, it was. Like, oh, I'm yep, just a bachelor, and that, it was like it was like everyone saw it, dude. Like oh, I'm just a bachelor. Like, <laughs> it's it was the part of the swing in the leg while you're turning the chair. I always get holes in my crotch, even jeans. It just gets because I get chub rubbed and it rubs together. It's you know. Anyway, well, we got. Oh, you have more playlists, Kyle. Yeah, I just have. I'm so I'm gonna. I'm just literally gonna just say. I mean, you'll have to. Then the next, the next, the next one after that is uh, 
road ham. So for when you're taking a nice road trip, then they got beach ham, obvious, and then ham in bed. And, and ha- ham in bed is something I play often. Not in bed when I'm driving, you know, when I'm on the subway. It's a fun one. It's a fun one. Uh, mostly slow jams. Because I'm built for comfort, not for speed. I think I need to start another one that's called Christmas Ham. That's the most. Oh, that's good. One. That's good. I I sent you a song the other day that I was. Oh, on, you did? Yeah, and you, and you. I'm sorry. You, no, your comment was. I just sent it to you. I didn't say like put it on the playlist. And your comment was that's what sex on coke is like, something like that. I forgot what the song was, but it's a, <laughs> it's a great song. And wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. Send me the song. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And there he is, Mr. Manzi. No, no, no. Uh, we are not fans of the Turk here. We are pro Vito Colleone. And <laughs> not anymore, we're not. Okay, you are you are you are like Vito. You're Vito. I am like Vito. I None of this. Vito. No, no, no. Not in my neighborhood. Speaking of Vito, a, a purchase I did make was my sweatshirt for this episode, or my sweater for this episode, I should say. And Mike, I might donate this to you. Because I ordered a what? large I ordered a large, and they sent me a medium, and you're way skinnier than me. No, I'm not that skinnier than you, am I, really? Well, you could you're, fit in this one, I think. smaller I'm... than I am. I've got the broad shoulders, you know. I got That's why I keep wearing larges, but I'll try it on. Maybe you try it on. I mean, I'm not, this is not a discount. I know it won't fit you. It won't fit me. If I keep listening to my ham lifting playlist. Maybe, maybe. yeah. Eh, no, because you're going to get ripped, so you're going to need, like, you're going to stay with the XL, but, like, in a... In, it's going to fit differently. Oh, if I keep listening to Pony, I'll have to go XXX. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, Mike, the name of the song is Take Me to the Bridge by Vera. Okay. That's an amazing song. So the, I want you to check out my sweater. It's Vito Colleone. It's a Christmas sweater. And it says, you can act like a Santa, which it oh. makes no sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I saw that. it no, and, I, and I had to have it because like, What? Of all lines, that's amazing. You can act like that's a Santa. Amazing. I mean, like I fit in it. Maybe people, I will keep it. I don't know. But like, people, yeah, keep people it, yeah. are going like I just feel like people are going nuts with a bad Christmas sweater because that just makes no sense. <laughs> you know, the movie's like you can act like a man. Nope, you can act like a Santa. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. That's, that's like that's, that's like, like, like why doesn't it just say I'm gonna make him a Santa? He can't refuse. <laughs> that's I'll, I'll make you a Christmas you can't refuse, or I'll give you a Christmas. Exactly. Christmas, yeah. You know? or I'll make you an offer you can't Santa. <laughs> I'll make you an eggnog you can't refuse. <laughs> you can act like a Santa. So, so great, but so dumb. You can act like a Santa. Mike, you're wearing the same sweater from last time, the Krampus. Krampus? Krampus? What's the name? Sorry. Kramp- Kramp- Krampus or Krampus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I tried to get another shirt in time, but uh, sorry. No, it looks great. looks great. I love it. And then, Kyle, you have a... Yeah. What is that? I got the same Santa hat on, but then this is a Dr. Steve, Steve Brule. Oh, yeah, nice. So, so I wore this for a few... I put this one on for a few reasons. Number one, I'm all about a wardrobe change. And then number two, it has a little bit of a Godfather kind of look to it. And then number three, one of my favorite uh, wineries is called Las Haras. And I've had that uh, winemaker, uh, Joel Burt, and it's also his partner, Eric Wareheim from Tim and Eric, hence the Dr. Steve Brule. And one of their flagship wines is Sweetberry Wine with this like kind of same logo. So I just thought it looks like the God, Godfather slash it's a wine kind of thing. Oh, yeah. A Christmas sweater. So it's like a little, little it's layered. It's layered like nice. a nice... Nice, uh, nice like a fruit cake. Yeah, like I a Christmas it. fruit it. cake. It's it's yeah. got lots of lots of like a nice on. lasagna or like a fruit cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, thank you once again for joining us, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, but thank you not for making me watch this. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. <laughs> it's our main event. It's our main event, but it's a very couple of Christmas, and I want to celebrate you guys. I want to celebrate. This is the season for not just thanks, I guess that's Thanksgiving, but it's the season for just being with family and Coppola films are so much about family. His whole life is about family. You know, he supports his own family. It's uncle Francis wine cellar because his nephew is the originator of this network with cage club, Mike. So, uh, you know, I want to discuss really Christmas here and Kyle, you teased last time that you wanted to share about your tree. I know you have a very Italian Christmas as well. So what's, what's your tree like and what is Christmas like in the Reinfried home. Okay, so well, yes, you I teased it, and that's why you're tuning in for this episode. Is that Brian has become a special part of my tree decorating ceremony for two reasons. So I always decorate my tree to the naked. vinyl of the Stevie Wonder. Yes, naked. Uh, I love just the way, just like the needles, just like, <laughs> just like yeah, just <laughs> hit you a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you gave me as a great gift one year the Stevie Wonder Christmas uh, vinyl, and so I always awesome. play that. Someday at Christmas, Christmas, there will Christmas be time is rocking, rolling, and a bopping. Exactly, and so I play that album while I decorate my tree, and I know obviously a pretty common thing as a as a tree topper, you know kind of thing is either a star or an angel i have a peacock that you gave me that is my tree topper because you are awesome. you are a peacock and man i'm a, yeah as we said mr peacock so a- have you used peacock and strategy at a bar with the single ladies that's what i do mike when, when you're at a bar with kyle the feathers come out the plume is beautiful and the ladies flock to it. That's all you need to know. Not no 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 no. Every once in a while, but I'm really not that way. I I'm that way on karaoke nights. I'll say I will definitely like I channel my inner Jack Black and stuff like that. Isn't every night karaoke night in your life? That is true. I just try to get people to sing all the time. How many nights are you a fixture in the Jersey City nightlife? Like if someone wants to find you in Jersey City. What nights would they find you? So the Ed and Mary's on Thursdays for sure. Is there? A, yeah, that's that's the that is the that is the only guarantee. Like the only guarantee. If yeah, if they yeah. wanted a sighting of you in Jersey City, New Jersey, where could they potentially hang out and find you? So what are some of your some of your hangouts and stomping grounds? You just want me to rattle off bars. <laughs> There's a bar called Pet Shop that's good. Oh, you're a pet shop a lot. Very, I've been with you at Pet Shop. It's very conflicting though because they have a lot of their live music on Thursdays as well. Mm. So if it's a band I really want to see, I will skip karaoke or go a little later because obviously karaoke's every week and that band is only playing in a <laughs> random time. Would you, but, would you uh, say you're a you're a Pet Shop boy? I am. Yeah. I'm a nice. I'm a West End girl. <laughs> Fuck okay. You <laughs> Yeah, so there, that's a good one. How about the brewery? You're, you're at the brewery a lot? Yeah, Departed, Depart, Departed Souls. Uh, I had uh, Brant, the tasting room manager. Departed. Um, uh, you know, on that, on, on Foodie Films. Kyle, so, if you yeah, said you Departed Souls and Mike said Departed and then a rat walked behind me, would you laugh a little? <laughs> oh, 100%. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, so what do you, just really quickly, what are you doing for this Christmas? Yeah, so as I think I said in the last episode, uh, Christmas Eve tradition is always 
have fortunate to have one grandparent with us. So my father's mother, um, although this year, okay. So in 2020, we didn't, unfortunately didn't, you know, do anything for obvious reasons because it was always Christmas Eve at her house. And then last year they brought the food over to my parents' house, but we did, you know, but had my grandmother and my aunt there. Uh, so this year I'm assuming we're probably going to do that again, just so, you know, we can, you know, cook and stuff like that just in my mom's kitchen. I think that's, but nonetheless, it's always my dad's side of the family. And then the past, it was always my mom's side of the family on Christmas day. But then that's usually now changed like anything like birthdays, like holidays, becoming more than just those two days. So now it's like the day after Christmas, we do my mom's side of the family. So Christmas day is usually boxing day. Me, my my parents. uh, Yeah, exactly. Boxing day, which was covered in um, uh, pirate radio. Oh yeah. A Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Uh, but yeah, so on Christmas Day, it's usually now just me, my parents, sister, brother-in-law, my niece, and whatever floozy I bring along. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That sounds nice. Yeah, so cool. Mike, Mike, how do you decorate for Christmas, and what do you do on Christmas for the festivities? Um, yeah, the tree's up. Put up the tree, put up put up the decoration. What's your topper? What's your topper? A... Is it? It's This year, I got a new star. For the year had an old star had to get a new star but last year and was it just for last year i think it was just last year uh because of the show the terrific netflix show midnight mass if you're familiar with that show which is amazing my christmas tree topper for last year was a vampire uh the vampire was the angel and it was atop the Christmas tree. If you've seen that show, you might get that joke. If you haven't watched that show, it's incredible. But now I got the I got the normal star back up. Went to Walmart and got all new stuff to deck the halls with. Very cool. Nice. Do you have a favorite ornament? Um, favorite ornament might be my Cornelius Planet of the Apes ornament because it's a Roddy <laughs> McDowell Christmas nice. tree ornament. <laughs> One of my favorite people of all time and by the way you can check out mike's other show the rodcast where he just goes over roddy mcdowell films wherever you get your podcast <laughs> so check that out or check out my other podcast the pod side adventure where i only watch <laughs> poseidon adventure over and over again and <laughs> so you're just waterboarding yourself with the poseidon adventure. <laughs> and, and mike how do you celebrate christmas whose family do you celebrate with? oh well i'm not even year? done yet uh so Oh, so sorry. we got us also have uh, the outside got decorated with some garland Ooh. and bows and things and uh, got inflatables. Judy Garland? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it was you the wizard or you're the lion or you the anyway. Uh, we got inflatables Courage. an inflatable uh, snowman and penguin for the yard that Penguin? Is it the Co- DeVito? or Colin Farrell? No. <laughs> uh, Burgess whoa, Meredith. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take it easy. Oh. <laughs> Burgess Meredith. That'd be awesome. A Burgess Meredith blow up from Home Depot. Ah, Merry Christmas. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, um, you're you're a bum Santa. <laughs> so really went all out at Walmart this year. Spent like forty bucks on <laughs> Christmas stuff. <laughs> it's it's funny for a few reasons. Number one, just Walmart's always just funny. And then forty bucks, like went all out and hearing forty bucks. But then you have to think of what forty dollars goes a long way at Walmart. So it's like there's a it's a layered joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> so for celebration, uh, oh man, for years we sort of split the, the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day between like the two sides of the family and stuff. But lately, and uh, this year, it's just all uh, been up at my brother's house. So I'll go up there Christmas Eve, and um, not exactly sure Christmas Day. Uh, what doing most of the day uh, probably go over to one of my siblings as well but uh, keeping it kind of open but mostly celebrating on uh, the Christmas Eve with the whole family and everything so uh, it'll probably just be mostly Robin and myself in the morning on Christmas Day which will be nice you hear that nieces and nephews Christmas Day is open for Mike Manzi so if you'd like to celebrate with him <laughs> hit him up at at the Mikester wherever you're on social media. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That is Truth Social. He no, not Truth Social. Whoa, whoa, what? Oh, that's why you're saying nieces and nephews because it's Uncle Francis's wine. Oh, you finally got it. There <laughs> well, we are. Said, Welcome said, to the also, show. <laughs> you, also, you also said cellar dwellers. So different sorry, levels got of, our, of our Patreon. So, that doesn't no, exist. it's like a, it's like a lasagna of titles. Yes, yeah. he's been trying them on every episode <laughs> and using all of them. But, <laughs> Before I get into my Christmas, quick question, Kyle, real tree or fake tree? Real tree. I chopped it down myself. I, I know the answer. Nice. Every, what is it, after Thanksgiving, every Black Friday, you and your family go chop a tree together. Multiple trees. We try. That's usually, yeah, we try, yeah, exactly. Take one for each of us. I get it, but I, you know, I get like a nice, you know, he's, it's moderate. Brian, do you still go to Stu Leonard's? A few years ago, you told me that's where you went for your trees. And I was like, what the hell's a Stu Leonard? And then they opened one right by my house about a couple months later. You're 100% right. I'm Every Stu year, Leonard. Stu Leonard's, I have to say this year, I got the Fraser fur. I should have got the other one, I think. I don't know. No, what? You should have gotten the Niles fur. Out. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the Niles fur. That's our other podcast. Check it out. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. The three of us talk Frasier episodes. No, I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm a real tree guy. Mike, what about you? Real tree or fake tree guy? So I got to say, uh, it's been fake for over a decade and just splurged on a new one. A six and a half footer for uh, under wow. 50 bucks at Walmart. So, <laughs> But Robin, Robin, your girlfriend, is such a plant lady i figured she was growing a yes. tree in the basement or something well i uh i had to kind of do some convincing that uh in order to have the tree where we wanted it this year it'd probably be most safe to have a fake tree uh you know how it goes with those oh, trees no. they dry up the real ones you really got to keep your eye on that water and uh you know there's just a lot going on and a lot so yeah i just like to play it safe have the fake tree. I gotta tell you, there's a place in Jersey City. Actually, it's, there's also one in Asbury Park. It's a pizza place called Porta, and they have a fantastic deal. If you go and get two pies, which pies are around, it's a Neapolitan style. Pie. Eleven it's bucks? Around, no, like eighteen bucks probably. You get two pies and a bottle of wine. They give you a free Christmas. What? Oh, I that's know. excellent. That's, that might become a new tradition, honestly, because like I was like cutting down the tree this year. I was just like, I was like, I sounded like Joe Pesci. I'm like, ah, fuck, fuck, ah. <laughs> like any size. They had up to like six foot trees. I get like a, a modest tree of, I don't know, four feet. So here on Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, we are looking for a cannoli sponsorship. If you make cannolis out there, please, <laughs> please let us know. And if you want to donate cannolis to the show, we'd love to have them. We're also looking for a pizza sponsorship. So if you would like to sponsor the show by giving us free pizza, let us know. And hell, whatever. It's December. 
If you want to be our Christmas tree sponsor, we're open for that as well. Mike, you'll convert to yes. a real tree if it's free. We, so <laughs> Yeah, if it's free. We're also looking for watch sponsors. If you want to sponsor us, if you make that amazing Godfather watch that plays the theme with the rose, that's half a million dollars. We love that watch, and we would love to talk about it on the show. We just need a better look at it. We need it in our hands. Yeah, exactly. I think you guys also, I think like a suit company like a like a tailor like something like oh that. my god i would love it uh, any oh. tailor sponsorship would be great as well oh i the got all of garden i got a great one i got a great one okay so we want surveillance equipment because of the conversation movie tie-in like cool, <laughs> mics, cool listening oh, yeah, devices to like i'm an idiot door doorbell ring bells and things like all kinds of stuff like to secure our homes Mm. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That too. We we are looking for a some Huey helicopters. Well, I don't know about that, but yes, <laughs> an apocalypse bail sponsorship. <laughs> if you if you're if you're a lawyer out there, uh, like yeah, like the Rainmaker. If you're a lawyer uh, and you want to advertise on the show, <laughs> if you're an adult child and you would like to somehow sponsor us as well for our Jack sponsorship, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I won't sponsor you Brian. <laughs> man child that's our next podcast kyle's man child adventures Manwich. Manwich. um <laughs> alrighty 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 okay my christmas unfortunately my wife nicole works all christmas unfortunately or fortunately because when she doesn't work i have four christmases because both our parents are divorced Oh, like that Vince Vaughn movie. It really is. Like, that movie is very entertaining to me because... Who's the female co-leader? Reese Witherspoon, come on. That's Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. But it's just, it's just two Christmases. I usually spend Christmas Eve with my dad and his family, and I used to spend Christmas Day with my mom and her family. So that'll be fun. And my mom's a big fan nice. of The Godfather and a big fan of Coppola movies. She did not like The Rain People. She made that very clear to me. But uh, uh-huh. she is a fan of The Godfather and more of the classics. And she can't wait till we talk of Francis Ford Coppola. Well, I don't know, but her and her husband have talked about this film. But I think she's going to enjoy when we talk Patton because they talk Patton a lot in their home because oh. Coppola wrote the film. So, so, so can't wait to talk that movie. But yeah, spend Christmas with, with her and her family. Um, looking forward to that. Can't wait to do my George C. Scott impression. Christmas. My Francis poster fell. He was like, "I didn't direct that movie. I just wrote it. I only wrote it, but I did get an. Didn't he get an Academy Award for it? I think it was at least nominated. But speaking of movies that Francis didn't direct, we have a Francis produced movie that we're talking about today. So, side note, yeah. I thought I thought about doing very Murray Christmas, Bill Murray Christmas, because Sofia Coppola directs that, but Bill Murray. Oh, okay. Not so popular right now. No, but in today, instead, we are talking very briefly because it is a short film. But a William S. Burroughs short story that was made into a film that Coppola funded and produced, A Junkie's Christmas. First of all, I know we're film guys. We're not necessarily reading people. I know you are, Mike, because you do your, uh, or you have done your, your uh, beautiful and wonderful film adaptation uh, novels, but William S. Burroughs, were you familiar with him? Did you know his work? Uh, very little. Um, I mean, he's the naked lunch guy, yes, right? Like, the naked that's lunch. 
pretty much all I knew oh, about him. Right <laughs> I could think of exactly two things wrong with that title, Kyle. <laughs> Naked, no nudity and no lunch. No. Um, but uh, well, that was a Simpsons joke. They sneak in to see that movie, and Nelson goes, I could, I think it's Nelson. One of them goes, oh, I think of exactly yeah. two things wrong with the title I of that movie. <laughs> I never read any of his stuff. Sorry, I've never been like a voracious reader. I've, I've read a bunch of things that, that I've wanted to, but I never got around to his stuff, for not for any particular reason. But then I, I saw Naked Lunch, and I think it's a really cool movie. It's really like mind blowing like it's weird and, and messed up. And then I found out that he was pretty much like an addict his whole life, you know, and then that was sort of his style of writing was about the, the junkie life, I suppose, and finding the fix and wrote a lot. I, I think also about his own experiences and channeling that mm. through his writing and, uh, for us, I also understand that he was gay as well. So, you know, all of that is also in there. So I've always been interested in who he was, but I never quite got around to learning as much as I wanted to about him. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. Like, he's someone that I read about even in, like, my creative writing classes. Like, it was some of people referred to. Like, I dabbled in it, but not enough to really remember on air i know he's part of that like beat generation uh you know Kerouac yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but he got super famous even like later in his life he lived a long time he died in 97 and he was mm-hmm. born in like the 20s you know what i mean so yeah. he, he had like yeah, yeah. He, he had a nice good uh life of, of writing and this is something when i looked up coppola christmas that like sort of just came up um this was a short story of his that they sort of made like a claymation uh christmas film kyle I'm going to ask the question, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Had you read Burroughs before? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> were you, had you heard the name before? Yeah, it sounds from, I mean, st- the Simpsons, Simpsons joke, that's about it, yeah. However, I think for all of us probably, we're all of the same generation, more or less. Claymation and Christmas and stop motion and Christmas yes. is like hand in hand, right? Like... I, I know it's not claymation, yeah. but Rankin and Rankin and Bass stuff is the stop motion stuff. But even like yeah, yeah. the claymation Christmas, have you seen that one? Like the California mm-hmm. raisins, like California raisins. Yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the closest to like us versus the other stuff was like when did that come out? Like that was the Rankin Bass was like the sixties. I still watched it as a kid, but it though. kept going. No, no, yeah, no I know. I mean, so I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was such a classic. It was just like you know. It was still, it was still true. I mean, because we we are still we're we're that weird age group of just like we still pretty much got there. There were TV specials, and like there were specific times of year that you tuned in to watch something on TV, and then you had stuff on like VHS, and there wasn't, you know, obviously streaming all the endless options on streaming. But also, what was great about uh, Claymation too is we got Gumby. That, oh, I love so that was Gumby. Great. That was a big. I was I big love game. Gumby. I like po- and, Pokey's and po- voice. Yeah. And Pokey is having more of a. <laughs> Pokey's the man. Hello, Gumby. He's like so liked it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> Top three of like that, like kind of kids' Christmas specials that you like have to watch on Christmas. What's your top three? Ooh. I need more time. Oh, man. I watched a bunch already this week. So I could tell you, uh, number one might be that Muppets Christmas, Muppets Family Christmas, where they go to Fozzie's 
mom's oh, farmhouse. And that's on my list. I'll that's take it incredible. off my list because you have it. That's honestly, people love the Muppet Christmas Carol. I love the Muppet Christmas Carol. I think it's great. But you love Michael Caine. Michael Caine's amazing. But Muppet Family Christmas, so underrated, so good. I love that pick, Mike. It's terrific. Second one, um, I got. I've watched. Also watched this one. It's amazing. Is the uh, Pee Wee's Christmas Special, the Pee Wee Herman Ooh, one? I don't that's know if you've seen one. that. I've seen you it. Have to see that. Yeah, it is fantastic. Um, as for the third, uh, I haven't. I don't know. We just watched the Charlie Brown Christmas Special. That holds up really well, but it's pretty short. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with which I thought was hilarious, especially the opening song was the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas Special. I thought. Oh, that nice. Was super. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, those are probably my top three right now, as far as like fully embracing like the spirit of the special. Yeah, and honestly, in Christmas movies, like, my favorite Scrooge is the Albert Finney Scrooge. I'm not counting that. I'm talking about, like, Christmas special. Like, my Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Kyle, what were your three Christmas specials that you love? Okay, it's tough. I mean, because... He's like, he's like this, love... this junky Christmas shit. I fucking love this. This is number yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, God knows I love Yukon Cornelius, but I just feel like I can't... Mm with like one of the most classics of all time i will yeah you can but not that these other ones aren't classics i love a garfield christmas oh garfield yeah yeah you're yeah. big into garfield that. is one of my top like yeah like garfield and friends all gar the garfield i did a whole foodie films episode on the garfield garfield hollywood ho- jesus christ uh the garfield lasagna Halloween episode <laughs> yeah lasagna mm, oh boy yeah it's a callback uh so yeah the garfield christmas episode i love a uh, big one that I remember sh- watching with my niece last year, and I'm excited. You know, she's now four, so just retaining that much more. I always loved the um, Sesame Street Christmas, that Oscar oh. ice skating to Feliz Navidad. And Oscar, when Oscar goes sliding down the stairs and you just hear the trash can, fantastic. We started watching that the other day, too. That's on HBO and Max, if dude, you're looking for it. Goddamn, like, I mean, it's this is not a new thought or anything like that, but Frank Oz and Grover... Grover is Oh, Grover is the man. I love I love Grover. Grover is just like 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 such an underrated character, especially these days at least. Like he just like like, Super Grover. Just the sense that Grover interviewing kids, so Frank Oz interviewing kids is magical and hilarious. And like we were just I was laughing up a storm like I was about to say I fucking love Grover and I realized it's the most ridiculous sentence anyone could ever utter <laughs> no it's okay no you can't not. say the f word and grover in the same sentence but sure Grover's you can not. you um, could say it as grover <laughs> low-key telly also a good muppet anyway sesame street okay muppet. and then my last one i will say mickey's christmas carol that's a good one that's a good one okay the anim- the animated like one with one. scrooge the, mcduck yeah the animated one yeah exactly yeah, there's that. i like that and then one. there was there was also another, this is not the same thing, but I'm trying to, I don't know how to search it, because at first I saw, um, um, and I'm not trying to, st- this might be one of yours, Brian, so I'm not like stealing, but I saw Chipmunk's Christmas. It's not one of mine. Oh, that's a good I, one. I, I love. With the, but, with the harmonica but, um, song and everything. Yeah, I just want a hula hoop and everything like that. But there's another one with like the Chipmunks, like the like Chip and Dale, that there was a bunch of different segments that Disney did. Huh. Oh, yeah, that's a good, I know what you're talking about. I forgot what that and one's called. I really, and it's not with the Mickey Christmas, because I think that one's a little newer. Okay. But anyway, that's what, yeah, those, but those, those three are awesome. All right, here are mine. Two 
honorable mentions. So one of these is a Jim Henson one that I know a lot of people haven't seen because it doesn't start the traditional Muppets, but it's Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I, I knew you were going to... We watched that too. And every year, for some reason, I find it more and more depressing. It's very depressing, <laughs> I, literally, I love depressing shit. I literally, I literally <laughs> cried this time at the end of this, and I was like, I don't think I could watch this next year. It was rough this time, but, but it's so I know that good. one very, it's very so well. It's so emotional, and it's so like, holy shit. Oh, yes. It's incredibly, incredibly heart-squeezing. Check out... Oh, God, I cried the whole time decorating my tree listening to the Stevie Wonder Christmas <laughs> album. So ch- he's literally singing a song that's just like he's just like I know like at one point he's just like and you know like not every kid like is gonna get a toy like Santa can't make it to every house so it's okay like don't feel bad about yourself oh, I'm like, no. oh my god he's talking to the inner city child no, like that's uh... like oh. oh just imagine like like Stevie can't even appreciate the beauty of a Christmas tree you know like you gotta yeah. you gotta describe it to him oh god <laughs> no so Emmett Otter. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Definitely check that out if you can. Um, Kermit narrates it, but it's it's a feature. It's like a family of otters. Very, very cool. Ain't no hole in the wash tub. <laughs> All right. Another honorable mention. Heather Grinch still Christmas. Classic, right? Of course, of course. The, of course. I'm talking about the animated. You're mean one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not like the Jim yeah, but Harry. Boris Karloff, yes. you know the monsters that made us represent. Absolutely. So here are my re- real top three. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with a Charlie Brown Christmas. I know you didn't go with that, Mike, but I, I will go with that. I have to watch mm-hmm. it every Christmas. It's yeah, amazing. It's terrific. It's so good. It gets really awkward, and Linus, Linus gets all religious and stuff, but I'm with it every time. Well, you know what I love about that part is that in the beginning, uh, he's given his lines, and he's like, I can't memorize all these lines in this amount of time. And then at the end, he does like that whole speech that clearly he memorized out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought that was a funny. I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke. but And I also realized, like as a kid, I did not get the Peanuts gang at all. Like, I did not understand. I was just watching it because I thought the cartoon looked cool and fun. But, like, I'm watching it now as an adult and, like, you know, he's talking about depression and psychiatry and all this. <laughs> yes, yeah. like, wow, this, this, this shit is loaded. <laughs> so my other two picks are two Rankin and Bass ones, two of the classics here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, Kyle. I know you didn't want to, but Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I love Yukon Cornelius. I love his love, his love of the bumble. I love like <laughs> Herbie the Christmas elf. Like I want to be a dentist. You know what I mean? I love the Island of Misfit Toys. Island of Misfit Toys. So good. So many classics there. Like I'm not. I don't have a single tattoo. If I woke up, what's okay? Sorry. I'm sorry. I need to interrupt. What? Only one. What is your favorite misfit? Toy? I think about this a lot. I love. <laughs> I know you. Do. I, I love, love the Jack in the Box. Who's Yep. I'm a Jack in the Box. My name's Charlie. I've seen that tattoo. <laughs> Which, I've seen that tattoo a few times. <laughs> that would be a cool tattoo. Um, I posted this on Facebook the other day, but like the pistol that shoots jelly, kind of an improvement. Yeah. Someone needs to tell them that. Um, the train with square wheels. No kid's going to want that on Christmas. I'm sorry. That's not effective. <laughs> the, the doll. What's wrong with the doll? I never understood what was wrong with the doll. 
I couldn't remember from the song. How do you do? Is that wrong? That she says, how do you do? A cowboy who rides an ostrich. That's awesome. Okay, the cowboy who rides. A bird that swims. A bird that swims. Plenty of birds swim. An airplane that can't fly. I'm an airplane who can't fly. A that can't stay afloat. Oh, they got lazy with a couple of them. Yeah. But, like, how is a cowboy a toy? He's a real man, and he rides an ostrich. <laughs> it's not a toy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then, of course, my number one. Spotted elephant. My number one. Is, and this one was, like, later in the Rankin and Bass pantheon. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But, but it is A Year Without a Santa Claus. I that's, love That's my favorite. That's my favorite Rankin Bass, I think. It's awesome. It's he, awesome. And it's an Elvis he song, Mike. Snow Miser. You got to cover it on the Elvis what? podcast because it has Blue Christmas featured in it. That's true. But Heat Miser, Snow Miser, the best. Heat Miser and Snow Miser are amazing. Um, I love the two elves, Jingle and Jangle. It's like, I'm Jingle. Yeah. Jangle, you know? And Ryan, love... you got the voices. You just need <laughs> a I've... bottle in you, and you're good to go. Because I've watched these movies so many times. But also, um, the whole southern element of there, like, like the mayor's like, it'll never snow in Southtown, you know? Like, and I posted this also on social media the other day. The kid, Ignatius, has, like, the thickest Brooklyn accent, but he lives in the South. He's like, yeah, I don't believe in Santa anymore. You know? <laughs> ah, I love Mrs. Claus in that as well. Such a great... Was that oh, Angela Lansbury? Probably awesome. not. It's like an Angela Lansbury sound-alike, I think. It might be her. Yeah, Who right. Knows? All right, so all these movies we say we enjoy on Christmas, none of us had ever seen, I believe, a junkie's Christmas. Is that correct? No. Yeah, that's that's correct. So we're talking about it today, just kind of sort of for fun. Coppola's the producer of this. There's not a lot of information about it, but you know a guy of Coppola's ilk 100% looked up to Burroughs and Kerouac and that generation, right? Like, so... To produce something with him must have been awesome. You can find this on YouTube, by the way. So if you want to check it out there. Yes. It is, it is a little depressing. It is a very Burroughs-esque it's thing. It's very depressing. From what I've heard, right? <sighs> so it's black and white. I, I, I couldn't understand any of it in the sense of it's like the, like the... Like I was turning it up and just like, I don't know, like at least... The link you sent me, I I didn't try to find like another version, but I'm assuming that's the one you guys watched. I just like was like, what are they saying right now? I just like really couldn't hear it. Well, I think that's also sort of I felt like of, I was on heroin. Well, no, that's I think part of the style of the prose is that it is in a certain language. You know, it's in that junky vernacular, like it, you know, and it's from that perspective and that view and everything, and it's just like very jarring to watch it in claymation and have it sort of translated as like a Christmas special, right? Like I think I would have enjoyed this if it was live action shot as like a short film by Coppola because of his adoration of Burroughs and and this and the like and stuff, but like it's just such a strange thing on its own as it is you know and i understand they want to do like a christmas special and claymation has a lot to do with christmas time and it's like a good gimmick for it and everything but it was just very like i don't know it was just very depressing and off-putting and all that and it just made me sadder seeing them portrayed as claymation for some reason brian you know it set me up really well for this is like one of my least favorite experiences of P.S. I Love Hoffman, which was Mary and Max. Yeah, I was going to say that. that I knew you were going to read that. Claymation stop motion film. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Which you didn't like like, that much. That one was a depressing story. No, I mean, it was fun. It's like, it's one of those things that I know it's good, but I just don't like it. You know, it's just, yeah, just really that, that movie was depressing. And yeah, this like, and when I say I literally couldn't like, I, I literally meant like, not just understand their like lingo or like, like that. I just like. Oh, the quality just like, I was just like what do they say I just I just nothing was like pulling me in I was so taken aback I gotcha it's very low budget and it's about like a junkie in New York City and honestly it's very New York the way they depict the neighborhoods and I, I, I look to more of the uh, pros for that but it's about a junkie in New York who's trying to get his fix but you know things happen to him it's only 20 minutes long um, again I could see why Coppola would produce this because like to admire oh all the themes are there yeah like of like his other stuff like i wrote down like just yeah like crime the law like just even new like york. I mean, he does include <laughs> what's that just new, new york. york exactly yeah. yeah new york and neighborhoods and just like like even that like time period but just uh yeah just the even like obviously the christmas element too like he's included that in some films so no it definitely did you know, if I watched it, I wouldn't be like, oh, this must be a Coppola-produced thing. But, like, the themes that are important to him are still there is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it makes sense to me of his involvement, right? Like, when I think of – when I watch this, it brings to mind certain projects of his, like, Rumblefish, which he shot in black and white. And this is black and white. Or, like, The Outsiders, which is, like, a kid's film. And this is sort of shot to be geared – like for children right but it's a very heavy serious subject matter disguised as like this cartoon for lack of a better word right i mean claymation is still cartooning and to a degree um but like you get what i'm saying right like the way that he's sort of packaging certain things to sort of deliver that message in a certain way i think it's very coppola of him and very interesting of this uh i'll tell you i think i would I would rewatch this before his New York story segment, even though he didn't direct this, but like there's something that feels a little more pure sort of like cinema about this than that. You know, this just feels a little more tactile. That felt very much like fake almost, you know what I'm saying? Like it was too much of like, too merchandised that that short i felt it's like too corporate almost and this feels a lot like grassroots almost so it feels like again maybe he's not directing stuff at the time and by the way the story was written in the late 80s and this film is from the early 90s um it feels like this film is from the early 90s yeah Oh, yeah, you couldn't do oh. Claymation this quick until, I mean, yeah. even if you don't think it, it I mean, because granted... Oh, I just assumed this was one of the earliest things he worked on. No, oh, no. Okay. This is a later project that he did. But it, again, it, oh, you could tell God, it's one of these things... Way better than it is. No, but Kyle, to your point, I think this is something that, like, young Coppola believed he should be doing, you know what I mean? More like artistic projects, <laughs> or, like real artists that he considered, and not like the pop that he was doing. So I totally get why he would do uh, something like this. Uh, Burroughs is someone who has fascinated a lot of artists. Like Kurt Cobain famously had an obsession with Burroughs. He loved Burroughs. There's another adaptation of this. I think it's just audioly by Kurt Cobain. It's called The Priest They Called Him. Um, and they worked on it together. Huh. And they hadn't met. But like he wrote to him. And Cobain basically kind of like 
avant-garde wrote Christmas songs behind Burroughs speaking. Um, so you could like check oh, cool. that out, and it beca- it's become a cult classic, basically because you know Cobain killed himself, and there's not a lot of. I'm not saying it's not good. I listened to it a little bit, but you know it's very artsy. Um, but you know, after you know, there's not a lot of Cobain material out there, so to get this, it's, it's kind yeah. of kind of amazing. But uh, when when Nirvana did In Utero, Cobain actually wrote to Burroughs for like inspiration of like what to do. For the uh, for the music video for I forgot what song it is. Let me. Was it Heart Shaped Box? Oh, it was Heart Shaped Box. You're right. It was Heart Shaped Box. And he like talked to him about. Like, was his idea the singing crows? Maybe, but he wanted Burroughs like, to, be, to be a part of the video, and Burroughs declined. But like, it was part of the inspiration. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Cobain looked to Burroughs for inspiration, and even this story specifically. Wow. So. So there's a lot of that element here as well. I'm glad it's available on YouTube. It's interesting, like as as much as I was like, really, Kirk Cobain, but that makes total sense, you know. Like Cobain was totally had that same type of voice that I feel in this. He had he had he was tapping into that because Cobain had his demons too. He was dealing with drug addiction, you know. He sang through really? that filter. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like it would makes it makes more sense the more I hear it that uh, the the link between the two artists. Yeah, no, I think so. Once I read that, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Is this going to be on my Christmas watch list? A junkiest Christmas? Probably not. Yeah, this is this is not going on before or after Alan Partridge's knowing me, knowing Yule. So uh, the answer is probably never going to watch this again. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. I don't know. Any specifics of the film that really stuck out to you that you really want to talk about? Uh, maybe the part where he finds the severed legs in a suitcase. Yeah, a suitcase? That's like the only part that stood out. That's what I had in my notes oh, okay, as well. well. I'm like I know I know what's going on right now. Like everything else, I, ju- I I'm not I'm like I just I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not because there's not really a lot of like you're just sort of thrown into this point of view, and it's like wait, okay, the guy's like, is he gonna rob that car? Is he gonna steal that thing? Is he gonna like shoot up? Like what's going on? Like it is kind of has that vibe to it of like I'm not sure what is actually going on here. <laughs> uh, but I feel like that's the intent, you know, like that's part of the art is to mm-hmm. portray that state of mind that the character's in to the viewer. So I think, you know, mission accomplished for the most part. And then there are a couple of like live action shots, right? Does that book end it? Yeah, the end was Oh, he's he's in the opening. Yeah, and the closing, it's like Burroughs right? in the opening. the opening and the ending. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah, and he's by like the fireplace. Yeah, at the end, it's a big. They it goes through a door, and they're all standing around. Trust me, I I watch this, and I'm like, this is just you know above my pay grade. Like it's just, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's people listening to me talk about this, and they're like, this like. Just, oh, me too. Me know. too. You know, like, I'm sure they're hearing you know, me going like frat. You know, fucking crow magnet like dummy. <laughs> And I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I'll watch something about that, but don't try to like, I don't know. You know, I know it's ironic. I mean, I get, I get the, 
going with the claymation like stop motion stuff and the juxtaposition to obviously all the sentiment and all, all, the, all the things we were just sharing about Christmas specials and then you're putting a junkie's Christmas I get it I get it I get it but it's just like not for me that's just that's I, what, I, I hear I, you I, I hear you from people trying to be too artistic sometimes I also felt the same way about Raging Bull the first time I watched it so I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> I love Raging no. I love Raging Bull now but the first time I watched it, I'm like wow. black and white not that I didn't like black and white but I'm just like ah oh, he's just trying to be so fucking that doesn't it doesn't make you a dick or anything because you don't like black and white or anything like that you know and it's like I don't it's not even like I don't, don't but I just look at it as just like a like you know when watching like uh, for a while, I, I I understand its merits in certain situations, but I still like watching like that movie, The Artist. So I'm like, all right, this is just like a gimmick. Like it's. Just- I see. Like, I I don't necessarily like this, but I think it's successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's, I think it works for what it is, but it's also like not what I was expecting and not really what i was up for at the time of watching it and i should have been i should have known better when i heard the name william s burroughs that it was going to be uh kind of on the dark side but i don't know i just i don't want to be in that state of mind right like i want to be happy happy christmas thoughts and watch happy christmas stuff so like i almost feel like i should have watched this in the summer and I could have given a more sort of like honest review, you know, I mean, like, oh, I actually do like this. Like, it's not bad for what the, 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 I probably would have had a different tone in my voice. But like, as it is now, I've been watching so many positive Christmas things to come across. This was just like a real sort of like kicking the nuts for a minute or so. So like, while I didn't really love it, I don't think it's bad at all like i do appreciate it for what it is and i think there are probably people out there that think it's like incredible you know oh they match the 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 words and the voice to the image perfectly and all this shit but like i just i just couldn't just can't do it every time you know what i mean (laughs) and like i couldn't get there with this one i thought as a story it's really good because it really does bring you into the life of this junkie and sort of like the random chaos it is to have something to have like taken over your body and like that becomes sort of your search and not like what traditionally other people have to go to but yeah is it a christmas classic no i think that's the point you know what i mean i think it's supposed to be like what the hell i think honestly if i read this as prose not that i don't appreciate the art of the claymation but if i read it as prose i'd be like oh this is really fascinating to like this is this guy's christmas while everyone's like spending time with their family like this is like the journey he's doing on his christmas day yeah the most i was like that what made me not enjoy it was just like a lot at least this the the version that i that you know that i watched like the technical aspect of it i was just really just like Nothing. So if I, I, I literally, and I, Brian, you know, I don't read a lot, but if I like read the screenplay of it and was able to digest the story that way, I think I probably would have like understood it and possibly enjoyed it. More. Yeah, like the nerds on Letterbox 3.7, like they really love this. I think you're right, Mike. Like I need to give it a chance not around Christmas. I think, again, the writing and the story are good. And I, I you know, I, I'm down for the claymation. It's just like one of these things where you're like, what you know but i do 
love the idea that Coppola produced this because I'll go back to it. I'm sure he was like jumping for joy to produce this. I'm like, oh, hey, you want to fund a William S. Burroughs thing? And he's probably like, that's one of my idols, you know? Would that surprise you? Yeah. What was, but I, I understand that again, that he just produced this, but what was like, as far as credits, like what did he do right before this and what did he do right after it? I'm just curious, like creatively, like where he was. Yeah. This was definitely this was definitely near uh, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Let me see. Uh, Ninety two, he produced Dracula. Okay, I knew it was around Dracula. Yeah. Then he was executive producer on The Secret Garden in nineteen ninety. Oh, we got to cover that with you, Kyle. <laughs> that's, that's We're not gonna do a lot of executive um, producer things here. That's like ridiculous. No, no, no. But then, yeah. So then he produced The Junkies Christmas, and then he produced Don Juan de Marco. <laughs> I didn't know he produced okay. Johnny Depp. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And and then, uh, and then he was a producer of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes. He's doing all the monsters back then, but now I just want to look at his... Um, directorial? Jack is next. Direct, he, yeah, directorial. Between Dracula and Jack, wow. he didn't do any films. Yeah, exactly. So it's, That's it's, wild. It's Dracula and then Jack and then Rainmaker after that. Yeah. So this is something he, something he produced in the meantime, and... Honestly, again, is it a Christmas classic for me? No, but I do recognize the level of art here, and it's depressing as hell. Yeah, but it's something I'd recommend it to, is. to someone. Like there are certain people in my life who, not a lot of them, but there are certain people in my life who I think would appreciate the art of this little short film here. It's only twenty minutes long, anyway. Too. Yeah, it's short. You know, <laughs> there's that. Any other thoughts on the Junkies Christmas? Uh, no, not necessarily. I do wish that Coppola would do something like his daughter did someday before he goes out and do like a big bang, you know, blockbusting Christmas special on live TV or something like that would be awesome. I'd love to see him direct like a live television show or something like a big special. Well, we'll definitely cover Sophia's uh, Very Merry Christmas at some point, that's for sure. Uh, but this, I think, will conclude our very Coppola Christmas part one. Meaning, not part one, but just very Coppola Christmas one. Very Coppola Christmas two will come next year, I'm sure. Our first our first very Coppola Christmas. Our maiden voyage. And, Mike, I think you need to get your fix in. So, um, why don't you plug the podcast? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why don't you plug the podcast that you're on, and then Kyle do the same, and then we'll... Uh, you know, we'll, oh, we'll enjoy Christmas yeah. with our family. All right. So uh, I guess you could catch me every the third of every month of uh, Third Times of Charm, where Brian's my unofficial co-host this year. I'm going to try in 2023 to be doing more modern movies. So hopefully uh, get some new films out there. Uh, you can also catch me on The Monsters That Made Us with my co-host Dan Colon, the last Friday of every month where we talk about the history of the Universal Monster movies as we go through those one at a time. And then you can catch me on very many other shows on the Cage Club Network, including the one and only Cage Club with Joey Lewandowski. Oh, we recorded some new episodes. We have a new episode of Viva Pod Vegas out right now, which is called It Happened at the World's Fair, where nice. Elvis goes to the World's Fair and uh, something happens. <laughs> and then we also did a episode of Watch the Throne or Charlie's Theron podcast. It's like the School for Good and Evil on Netflix, which was 
okay. Um, not quite my age bracket, but still really teen great movie? effects. Teen, and, movie? Uh, teen, teen movie. Yeah, it's about a teen teens that go to a special fairy tale high school where they learn to be good and evil. So uh, very, very cool premise. So check out all those shows right now, streaming anytime you want to hear them on cageclub.me. And for myself, uh, check out High School Slumber Party. Specifically on High School Slumber Party, we have a lot of fun stuff this December, but we always wrap up the films of 2022 on High School Slumber Party AP. Island, myself, and I think we're going to get some help from Joey Lewandowski. We watch a lot of the teen movies. Like 50, I think, teen movies were released in 2022, so it's going to be really, really fun. But uh, check it out. We give you the recommends, what to see, maybe what not to see. So check that out. Also, check out P.S. Love Hoffman, the show I host with Kyle. Check out this show, which you already have. And uh, stay tuned. More stuff coming from me in 2023. That's for sure. And Kyle, thank you for being our guest on our two Christmas episodes. Anything you want to plug? Uh, just Merry Christmas. There you go. <laughs> Merry Love Christmas. Love it. Peace again. on Earth. Peace on Earth. Can it be? Well, well All right. let's take the Kyle suggestion... Keep your friends close and your podcasters closer. And Mike? I would like to say, leave the podcast and take the cannoli. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my own.